I'm going to be singing as we head into and think about uh, the Gospel of Mark. That's what we're doing this uh, next term. We're going to be working through the Gospel of Mark together, thinking about it. Uh, this year our theme has been saturating our lives and our community with Jesus. And we thought uh, a good way to do that is to get into Mark. Because uh, Mark is a Gospel that takes us to Jesus and focuses us on Jesus and keeps us on Jesus all the way. So if you've got your Bibles, if you'd like to open them up to Mark chapter 1, we're going to look at the first 15 verses this morning, and Joan's going to come up and read that for us. It will be on the screen, but great if you've got your Bibles open as well, that'd be good. It's on page 707 in your pew Bibles, if you'd like to follow along. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come more powerful than I, the thong of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. May the Lord add his blessing to that reading. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Paul and I am the pastor here and it's great to be able to be with you this morning. It's great to be able to share with you. It's great for us to think about God's word to us this morning as we look at Mark. So how about I pray and then uh, we'll look at it. Heavenly Father, it is a wonderful privilege that we have in our hands your word to us. We thank you, Lord, for that. We pray this morning that we look at this start of the Gospel of Mark, that Lord, uh, we may have read it many times before, we may have... Uh, looked at it many times before. We pray, Lord, though, that this morning you'll open our eyes afresh to see you and what you have to say to us through it, Lord. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Headlines, news headlines, they're there to grab us, aren't they? They're there to get us in and uh, for us to think, what's happening next? What's going on? Uh, there's been some big headlines over the years in different places. You may remember this one, the day that the two towers went down. Uh, all over every paper, everywhere, headlines grabbing us and for them to 
because people were there taking photos at the time really take you, don't they? They grab hold of you, they get your attention and then you want to find out more. Uh, what about there's serious ones and sometimes there's not so serious ones. What about this one? City unsure why the sewer smells. Well, that grabs you, doesn't it? Uh, you would have thought, well, they should understand that one. What about this one? Army vehicle disappears. The Australian Army vehicle worth 74000 has gone missing after being painted with camouflage. It was on the base and they found it later. No. Uh, they grab you, don't they? They either grab you and you want to know more or they grab you and they make you laugh. Headlines are there to get your attention. Well, Mark, the beginning of his gospel is like a headline to grab your attention. In the very first verses, Mark slams us with a whole lot of information. And when he was writing originally, he was trying to grab the attention of the Jewish people. Now, the Gospel of Mark, we think, was written by uh, Mark, but actually he was almost dictating from Peter. Mark and Peter were really close friends, and Mark spent a whole lot of time with Peter, and we think that what was happening was Peter was telling Mark, and Mark was writing it down, and he was writing particularly to the Jewish nation and to the Jewish people for them to understand. And so he smashes them right at the beginning with all this information to go bang so that they want to know more. And he does the same for us too. Have a look what he does in the very first couple of verses. Look at what he does in those first couple of sections. He hits us with all these titles of who Jesus is. Right at the beginning of the gospel, he doesn't sort of work into it, Mark. He goes, bang, the big front page. Look what he says. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus, that word is loaded in and of itself. If you go back to Matthew, you hear that Jesus, the name Jesus, means someone who saves, doesn't it? So the first, even the first word, Jesus, we're thinking, who is this guy? But then not only that, the Messiah, the anointed one, the king that's going to come, this to the Jewish people, this to the world is the king that's happening, that's coming. Not only that, but he's the son of God. Now that's not that he's been born, that God somehow had a son by birth that way, but that he was actually the son of God. That's a title given to the Messiah in the Old Testament and we see that in Daniel. And so what they're looking for here, he goes, bang, Jesus the Saviour, bang, the Messiah's coming, bang, the son of God, the the one that's going to save all the people, the anointed one of God, prophesied. And then again, look down in verse 3, he says, prepare the way for the Lord, the King of kings, the one the world has been waiting for. Within a couple of verses, Mark's gone bang, 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 hasn't he? He says, guys, get your eyes up, think about this. This is the biggest news, the good news the announcement that is the news that not only do you need to hear, but the world needs to hear. The biggest thing to ever hit this world is coming in Jesus, and I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, announcements these days are made in lots of different ways, aren't they? Lots of announcements these days are made on Facebook. Uh, I've heard of people who found out that their kids are engaged on Facebook. Or you get situations like this where people find out that their birth, they put their birth picture of the 
ultrasound and you want to hit like. Today, announcements are made in a whole lot of different ways, aren't they? They're made on Facebook, Twitter, in the paper. Back in Jesus' day, it was an announcement that was proclaimed by people, proclaimed on the streets, proclaimed to the nations. That's what we have here in the very first part of Mark is the pronouncement, the headlines. Mark wants people to see that the biggest thing to ever hit this world, the biggest person to ever hit this world is coming. The best thing to ever hit this world is coming. It's Jesus. Do you believe that? Yes, he is, isn't he? He's the greatest, he's the best thing that this world has to hear. He's the best thing that the world needs to know. It's the best thing this world needs to accept, isn't it? Gordon's great testimony of his dad at the very last moments, we're not sure how long Gordon's dad's got to live, but the best thing for him is Jesus. The best thing for you and I is Jesus. The best thing for this world is Jesus. Well, Mark hits us with that headline right at the beginning. He says, look out, guys. This is what I'm on about. This is what I'm going to bring. And here we go. Let's go. When you read Mark, you don't get a whole lot of information. You just get all the, the stories come bang one at a time. They come from everywhere at you. He doesn't spend a whole lot of flowery moments around it. He just gives you the info and he goes, here it is. And so he's hit us with the headline. And the next thing he does is he gives us the backstory. He comes back a little bit. He comes back into it and he gives us the backstory and he tells us about this really weird character called John the Baptist. Now, if you go to some of the other Gospels, you'll see that... Let me just go back on that one. We'll say it. Uh, if you go back into some of the other Gospels, you'll see that we hear a whole lot more about John the Baptist. But here we get little snippets, don't we? He's a weird character. He's out in the desert. He's wearing strange clothes. He's wearing strange... Uh, eating strange food and he's out in the wilderness. Now there's a really important point here that Mark wants us to know. If you read through the first part of that, notice the number of times that he mentions wilderness. Back in verse 3, here in verse 4 and then in verse 13 he mentions wilderness. Why do you reckon he mentions the wilderness a lot or the desert a lot? Remember who he's writing to? The Jewish nation, the Israelites. What do you reckon he might be trying to do with that? It's pushing your history here, isn't it? Yeah, he's wanting to connect whoever this person that's about to come, he's wanting to show the connection between the Israelites who were out in the wilderness, and this one comes into the wilderness. The wilderness was a place of devastation where the Israelites were fumbling around. They did all this sort of stuff and they stayed out there, didn't they? And they didn't do the right thing in the wilderness. And they were kept in the wilderness. It was only through God's grace that he brought them into the land, but then they get taken into the wilderness again, into exile later on, don't they? They keep going. They're not doing what God wants them to do. Israel isn't the saviour of the world. The nation Israel is not going to save this world. The saviour is a person. 
And that's what he does. John says it, doesn't it? The wilderness is there, the wilderness, the wilderness. But who comes into this wilderness? We're going to see that in just a moment. And what does this God, John the Baptist, say in the wilderness? He's saying in the wilderness he's got a message, hasn't he? He's got a message of repent and forgiveness of sins. That's what the Israelites needed to know back in the Old Testament. And they need to know it now because something big's about to happen. And he's preaching a baptism, isn't he? He's saying, remember, baptism, you need to be washed clean in this. Uh, he's almost pointing them back to the time that they went through the Red Sea, isn't it? The water coming over, being cleansed and going into the new land. He's connecting all these things together to say that what happened in the past, the fulfilment is about to happen now. Get ready, guys. The one in the desert is preparing the way for the main game, for the big one. And he talks about the Spirit, doesn't he? He talks about, I'm going to baptise you with water, but this one's going to baptise you with the power of the Spirit. Guys, you didn't have that. The Spirit came and went back in the Old Testament. The Spirit's going to come for good here. This is going to be amazing. He's connecting it, isn't he? He's bringing it together. Mark's pulling it together to say, if you're an Israelite, if you're a Jew, this is the one that you're looking for. He is, he's coming. For us, we can think all those promises that were made back in the Old Testament, what's it all coming to? Here it's about to happen. The main game is about to hit. The main story is about to be revealed. And right after John the Baptist without much fanfare, without much build-up, without much going back any further, smack, Jesus comes on the scene, doesn't he? He just turns up. You don't hear about his birth, you don't hear about his childhood, you don't hear about everything that's going on there. Mark just goes, bang! Here he is, guys. Here's the guy. He's on the main stage right now. Here is Jesus. And he brings him in, doesn't he? And in comes Jesus, he meets John the Baptist, he's baptised and the Spirit comes down like a dove and then a phenomenal thing happens. I mean, all that's pretty amazing, by the way. Uh, but all of that is still identifying Jesus with the Israelites too. There's a whole lot of symbolism going on here for them to recognise that this guy is the main deal. And then just in case you missed it, just in case you thought that this Jesus, he's just a normal bloke, just in case you forgot, thought, oh, well, he might be just someone getting baptised by John. Look at what happens. Look at this up there. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Not sure about you, but when was the last time you had a voice from heaven speak out to you? Uh, it might have been your parents from upstairs, this booming voice or some voice from the back of nowhere. You thought, what's going on here? But this is amazing, isn't it? This does not happen normally, does it? God speaks into the situation and he says, this Jesus is my son. Israel was God's son in the Old Testament, but they failed. This 
is my son. This is my true son. This is the real son whom I love and I am well pleased. God is pronouncing to those who are there and to us and to all the world that the fulfilment of everything that happened in the Old Testament has come to fruition here in this person, in the person of Jesus. He fulfills it all. No longer is God just working through a nation. He's going to be working through a person who's going to take this message to the whole world. The message that everyone needs to hear. This is Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? He doesn't say, okay, guys, uh, here's the next lot of rules that you need to do in regards to how you need to be right with me. He doesn't set out an ethos for us. He sends his son. He sends a person. He sends Jesus. That's how you're going to be right with me. Him and him alone. And look what happens. And then it was in the wilderness... After John was put in prison, Jesus went out into Galilee. Now we get a little bit of history there. So just get an idea here that not only did we jump the bit in the, in the desert for you, there's another desert wilderness situation. Remember back in that time in the wilderness, the Israelites failed, Jesus didn't fail. He was tempted and he didn't fail again. He came through that. And then we get a little bit of a time frame thing here after John was put in prison. So this is a period of time later. We're not sure the gap between verse 12 and verse 13. In Mark's Gospel, we don't get a whole lot of that. We get at this time, immediately, straight away, this time. It's hard for us to pick exactly the time frames that are going on. But what John wants, what Mark wants us to know is who this guy is. And what happens? Jesus goes out and he starts preaching. He starts proclaiming. He starts bringing the good news. And the good news is the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. It's a great picture, isn't it? Uh, if we were in uh, this time, uh, this, would be, this would be trending very quickly. Uh, you'd have hashtag kingdom of God, KOG is near. You'd have hashtag repent and believe. It'll be trending. It'll be out there. People will be getting onto it. It'll be people everywhere we're going because this is going to impact the world. This is big news, isn't it? This is going to be everywhere. Well, it was and it does go everywhere, doesn't it? Jesus has impacted this world more than any other person in history. The dates that we have for the year that we live in is based on him. We only have education because of the Christians, because of Jesus' message. We have health system because of the Jesus' message. We have the fact that we treat each other equally because all are created by God because of Jesus. Jesus has impacted this world more than any other person in history and there are believers all over this world. The message that starts here in Mark Today in 2016 is the same message and it is transforming and changing people, changing nations, changing lives everywhere. It's huge. 
and it changes people's lives right even before they're about to die. It's changing people's lives everywhere because people are hearing about Jesus and recognising who Jesus is and they're repenting and believing in him. Whoa, that was very quick. Sorry. Let's go back one more. There we go. You see, the idea of repent is to turn from something away from that. And the idea of believe is to turn to something and live for that. That's what Jesus is saying. You need to turn from everything else that you're living for and trying to satisfy your life with, what you've been living for and going that your own way, which God calls sin, living against him, to turn from that and not to turn to nothing, but to turn to him and follow him. It's very hard, isn't it? If you've got a habit of something and you just turn from that and you turn to nothing, then you're very easy to turn back, aren't you? Very easy to turn back. But if you turn from that habit and you turn to one that transforms and changes you, it's going to give you life now and for eternity, then you can do it. You can live it. Because God gives you his spirit as well to help you with that. It's a U-turn that God wants in our lives. He wants us to turn from all the stuff that we've been living for, turn to him and live for him. That is what the good news of Jesus is about. That is how we enter into the kingdom of God. It's when we turn from our sin, we turn to Jesus, we put our trust in him, we repent from our life that we lived against him and we put our trust and we believe in him. Now Mark is going to build a case from here on in why you should do that. So don't miss it. Come every week. Soak it in while you see how good this is and how great this Jesus is and why we want to turn and away from and turn to him. Because nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will fulfill us and nothing else deals with our sin and nothing else gives us an eternity with him. Nothing. That's what we're going to look at in Mark. We're going to work through that together. Uh, now, many of you know that we've had two weddings in the last 18 months, and uh, it's been pretty exhausting. Uh, but they're great too. They're wonderful things. Their weddings are gorgeous. Lynn and Steve just come back from uh, Nathan's wedding and Heidi's. They're amazing times, aren't they? And they're great weddings, aren't they? And you, it's a fantastic time when you're at a wedding. And if you're the mother and father of the bride or the groom, it's really very special. Uh, but it's great when you go and watch one too, isn't it? Uh, you go to the wedding and you see the bloke standing up the front all looking great, all dressed well. Uh, and then you uh, hear that the bridesmaids and the brides of a bride has arrived. And so you stand up and uh, the bridesmaids come down. Everyone looks at them. They look great. But you're waiting for the one, aren't you? They're good, the bridesmaids, but you're waiting for the bride, aren't you? And then, and then the bride's announced and the music changes or a particular song comes on and the bride comes out and she starts moving down the, 
the aisle and everyone's eyes are on the bride, just how beautiful and wonderful she is, all except one pair of eyes. The mother of the groom is not looking at the bride. The mother of the groom is looking at the groom, wanting to see their reaction, wanting to see their eyes as they light up and see the love of their life come down. Well, that's a bit like God with us and with his son Jesus. He's got his eyes on Jesus, yes, coming down, but he's also got his eyes on us to see our response to that Jesus. Now imagine if you were there. Uh, I remember at our wedding, Karina was there and she was looking at Lachlan and just watching him and she just burst into tears because Lockie's eyes whirled up and he teared as he watched Millie come down. But imagine if Karina looked at Lachlan and he wasn't looking at Millie, but he was looking at the bridesmaid and thinking, wow, don't they look good? <laughs> oh, strike, maybe he's looking at a good-looking bird down the other, on the other aisle there. They look good. Or even worse, he's actually looking at the car that Millie turned up in and thinking, man, that's a nice car, isn't it? Now, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it, if you did that? Well, that's like us with God. He says, I have sent you, Jesus. His beauty is beyond compare. His glorious glory is beyond imagination. Why are you looking at the bridesmaid? Why are you looking at the car? Set your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes to him. Because it's only him. Only him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this start to uh, the Gospel of Mark. Lord, we've been really hit with a whole lot of... Uh, amazing statements we've seen John the Baptist we've had a glimpse of him and Lord we've got a glimpse of Jesus Lord that glimpse is glorious we pray Father that we may turn our eyes to him that our focus may be on him that we won't get distracted into all these other things around us that want to take us away from him Lord we pray that as we work through Mark together that, Lord, you'll draw us into Jesus. You'll draw our focus, our attention, our life. And, Lord, we won't turn back those part of our life, our sin, our rebellion against you, Lord, but we will turn and face you and follow you, Lord. Lord, we pray that by your Spirit, Lord, you will turn us to you and keep us focused on you, Lord. Because nothing compares to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask as we look through the rest of Mark over this coming term that the glory of Jesus before us will grow more and more and more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to do is uh, we've got a new song that's actually something that's going to become a bit of our theme for this uh, this term. Uh, on a, it's about it's called Jesus. Funny that, isn't it? Uh, it's a new one by Chris Tomlin. So what we're going to do is uh, I'll get Mick. We'll play through the first. Uh, you'll see it on the screen. We'll play through the first um, 
What's it called? What are the first things called? Verses, that's the thing. Verses and chorus, and then we'll stop and we'll go back and we'll play it and we'll sing along with it this morning. Uh, we'll have hopefully music in the near future and we'll be able to have our band playing it, but we thought this might be a good way to introduce it this morning. So just uh, watch the first chorus and uh, listen. Some of you who were here early would have heard a bit of it as well. There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a There is a truth older than the ages. There is a promise of things yet to come. There is one born for our salvation, Jesus. There is a
there is power. 